0: Welcome to the Marketing and Other Markets podcast with me, Matt Moskett. This is a podcast for real estate industry professionals or doers. Each episode will feature an interview with a top producer or someone who's doing things differently in an exciting way. For those who already know me or have read my books and blogs, my brand of marketing is tangible and repeatable because we don't all need to reinvent the wheel. Every episode, my promise to you is that you will leave with at least one tangible idea that you can execute on Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This week, I am unbelievably excited to be sitting here in my office while she's in her office in Texas with one of NAR's 30 Under 30 Realtors. Um, So welcome to the show, Bethany Nolan in Longview uh, in the General East Texas area.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Well, first and foremost, I'm pumped because we we have similar backgrounds. So you did your undergrad and master's in the communications world. And that is exactly the path that I took to get into real estate also. And I'm just super pumped that it's led you to the success it has, but we, we kind of ended up taking different paths even though it was the same degree. So tell me, how did you walk me through You told me that you got you got promoted and fired in the same day and that spurred real estate and everything you you've kind of built for yourself today. So let's let's talk about that story quick.
1: Yeah, of course. So I went straight into college, um, Texas undergrad, Texas tech, tech Master, both in communications with journalism media focus and went straight into working for a global PR firm. And um, it was a great experience, but it was like a bittersweet one. I worked crazy, crazy hours all the time, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. And then when it came time for promotions, I got it but they also wanted to cut my pay a little bit from overtime with more work. So I tried to negotiate and was told that wasn't a possibility. So when I was promoted globally the same day, I was fired, but it's okay. It led me where I am today. I packed all my stuff, took my real estate courses in three days, which I don't think you can do that anymore. I think <laughs> they have time limits now. It's so hard worried.
0: to be a realtor now. It probably takes five days. It,
1: it probably does. But um, I did it quick and I moved home and got the ball rolling in August of 2017. So been selling ever since then full time.
0: So I know recently you had kind of an update. You, you and your family started your own brokerage. Yes. What, is, what does that look like now?
1: Uh, So we started Nolan Properties LLC in August of 2020. And it's more of a boutique family style brokerage. Our motto is we sell Texas. And so we have offices in Longview, Gilmer and Austin where my sister sells as well. And a couple of agents under us too. But it's been, you know, Right the beginning of the pandemic type, we decided to, you know, just roll in while real estate was hot and have our own brokerage. And I'm grateful we did because it's really neat being able to represent your own brand in your own name. It has a little bit of a different pride to it and excitement.
0: Absolutely. And you know, one of the other things that you, you mentioned to me was that the price points are different all around the country. And your price point specifically is you did a lot of transactions. So mm-hmm. I know we've had guests on here who did $50 million in sales, but maybe that was like three or four, three or four deals. What was your what was your walkover through what your production was and how many units that ended for 2021?
1: Yeah. So in 2021, my production was about 14.2 million, but that was 54 transactions. You know, most people. What most newer agents sell is about one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 homes, but the average in my area is about three fifty dollars to four hundred. dollars and anything about $400,000, dollars and up is considered luxury in my area. I'm in rural America, so a lot of your homes are going to be priced two fifty dollars to three fifty, dollars and that's where most people are going to sit at. So you've got to sell a lot of homes to have a high sales transaction compared to the more metropolitan areas.
0: Well, and I think, you know, one thing I always talk about with agents and with salespeople in general, I guess, in any industry is that you talk to people and they like, they just want to be jealous, right? It would be easy for you to be an agent in a small town in Texas and to say, ah, oh, it's not fair that, you know, other agents in Austin or in Dallas or Houston are able to sell like five houses for a couple million apiece and be done. Like I have to work my butt off, but really there's a secret advantage into having Smaller price points and being able to work with more clients, and that's the fact that ten years from now your database is going to be fifty times the size of some of these agents who are doing one twosie two deals all year. They might be doing great um, single commission wise, etc. But you have such a rich database in the in the six seven years that you've had your career that your I mean your database is thirty times the size of most people. I mean, how has that helps helped your business and? are you starting to reap the rewards of, you know, the, the long-term referral game off that?
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying makes so much sense because I love this aspect of real estate. And why I love real estate is I can do relationship building and I love my community. So I get to be more hands on with more people. I don't think I would enjoy just working with five people throughout the year. So it is more what I would call my jam um, to kind of do. But yeah, building that database, I've finally seen the return on that um, in the past year with my referral base. So I get past clients that have either owned their home for three or four years and are ready to sell, or they have friends or neighbors or families or new colleagues that are coming in where I'm seeing that return where they're like, hey, call Bethany. And so you get the bigger database, then the more people come in that are going to refer you out.
0: I love that. And I know that you're not just like doing a transaction and wham, bam, thank you, man, hearing from them five years later you are probably one of the most active people in your community and on social media that I've seen. And I know that kind of all ties together. It's so like, how, walk us through kind of what you're doing in the community and then how you're capturing that, putting that on social.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm super involved in my community, but one note I will make is my family's been in our county for, I'm the seventh generation. So we've been here a minute, but that doesn't mean that I'm super ingrained. I had to, when I moved back home, Reput myself into the community, so I got involved. When I was in a sorority in college, they said you have to be involved in a minimum of two other organizations, and I used that role of them and tell everyone else they should do that too. I'm on the executive board. I'm in Junior League of Longview, which, um, if you're a woman in Larger cities generally is a fantastic way to meet like-minded individuals. I'm in the Rotary Club. There are so many civic organizations and foundations that you can get involved in to where I meet people naturally and I get involved and I'm just there to volunteer and lend a helping hand and honestly be in the know about my community because as a real estate agent, you need to know what's going on, what developments are coming in or what's happening. And then well, I, think that's
0: like, that's like, I think that's like a we have to like pause there and tell every single person out there, you need to join two groups. Yeah. Like this is it's not it's not expensive. It's it's a couple hours a month of your time, but you get to broaden your network, meet a hugely diverse group of people. And especially if they're organizations that are going to keep you informed on what's coming up in your area. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's an absolute no-brainer. Plus, you might actually have some fun.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't have the advantage. I don't have children. Um so People that do have children, join your PTA with your parent-teacher association. Get involved in t-ball leagues or soccer leagues. That's a free way that you're already paying for your kids to be a part of it. And if you don't have kids like me, go join your local groups. Like I have an alumni group from my college in the area. That's a way for people to get to know me as well. So there's no excuse to be able to find a minimum of two places. You can always do it. There are young professional organizations, everything, but look outside of your realtor association because that's your, not your competition. They're your colleagues in my opinion, but look elsewhere.
0: Yeah. It's, that's kind of like, you should already be doing a lot of that stuff because you need, you need to know people. So they accept your offers, etc. But in order to get business, you need to find some other groups in the community. And I always tell people like, think about your interests. Like what are you into and what are you going to enjoy doing? Because if you join something and it's not like tied to anything you, you love gonna stop going you're not gonna be as engaged you're not gonna have anything to say but when you when you do something and your eyes lighten up at it and you're super excited other people can tell and they're attracted to you and i can okay. tell that you have a spark about the groups that you're a part of
1: absolutely i love them and i just love it's people i would have never met otherwise and i'm from here so that says something about just joining different groups
0: so i can kind of imagine how this would go you know we're in some type of group together i like you you're a nice person um, but you're not a salesy person. So you're not like, you know, I don't see a realtor pin on your on your top today. I don't see like I want to buy a house hat. So they don't even need to necessarily discover that you're a realtor from you shouting it at them. How are how is this kind of coming full circle into them liking you and thinking you're a nice person that's a good volunteer to them saying hey I'm going to list my $350,000 home with you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So you're never going to catch me with a name tag. I don't like them. They're not my thing. If you like them, cool. But I just feel that when I walk in a room to volunteer with a different organization or a group I'm there for that group as me as Bethany Nolan I am not there as Bethany Nolan realtor I don't want to be branded I don't want to be any of that because I just want to be a relatable human in that experience if we talk about real estate so be it but I'm not forcing the conversation and I think it's really important for people to realize that um, in the Gen Z world people get the ick When you walk in sometimes, so there's art of informality um, that you can have when you go in. Because if I leave a room and you don't know I'm in real estate, that's my fault. My name tag's not going to tell you that. My name tag's just probably going to annoy you. So I really like to go in and just be there for that organization and be me. And people are going to choose a realtor based on the person that they are, and if they like working and being around them. So I think it's really important for people to realize that, yes, if you're going into the community, it's okay if you have a hat on, but be there as yourself and don't be there branding yourself.
0: Yeah. And, you know, be open, you know, also don't be on your phone the whole time, right? Because if you, if we have an honest conversation and I just start asking you questions, I know that if you're a normal human, you're going to ask me some questions. And yep. likely one of those questions usually is about family or it's going to be about what do you do for a living? Like what what do you got going on later? There's so many ways to talk about real estate and what you do once you've been asked specifically without you having to word vomit all over someone like, oh, like in a desperate way, like oh, I really am a realtor and I'm really looking for buyers and sellers right now. Like, okay, yeah. I got it. Walk away from me. I'm not, I'm not interested in being sold by you right now. I'm here to volunteer. Um, so be subtle about it, but also like, have conversations. You have to put yourself in the situation where people want to ask you. And for me, that's by asking other people about themselves.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. You just need to be as informal and casual as possible. That's more the name of the game than it used to be. You know, 10 years ago, yes, wear your name tag, be branded. But now people can find out who you are from you when it comes naturally.
0: Well, also, I know you have another secret weapon where on the off chance that real estate didn't come up in that conversation, when they go to like hit you up on Instagram or Facebook or a myriad of other places, they're going to see some serious real estate education. So like you, you've built a huge following on Instagram. That's part of why I wanted to have you on this podcast. Mm-hmm. What walk me through like where that started, where it is now and what it's kind of led to in your
1: business. Absolutely. So I'm on all channels. Um, you can find me at Bethany Nolan Realtor on all of them, which I think is a key term to keep it all very simple to find. But I really wanted to focus on education. Um, You know, when I started my page, I didn't start my Instagram or Facebook page until a year in of real estate. I just didn't want to be the girl that only posted solds. I thought it was a little braggadocious at first, but then I learned no one knows you're selling anything unless you tell them. So I found a more natural way to show myself and showcase what I was doing in real estate to where I put in storytelling and education, which I think are two huge key components on all of my social media fronts. I use each channel for different purposes. I'm, you know, my Facebook It is more storytelling. When I do a sold or when I do a listing, I am more telling you about the process. My experience with these buyers, they moved from out of state. It was a difficult process. We had two contracts fall through that type of story because people were late or they were first-time home buyers. Instagram, it's more education with videos. I really focus on reels, which I've only been doing about a year. Um, But I give educational tips on saving for buying a home. Uh, What does a lender look for? What should you be looking as red flags in a home? And then I even go deeper in my content on, you know, what exactly do you need to know? Because I can only put so much in a video. So I really like the educational aspect. I come from on my mom's side, a family of educators. So I understand the importance of it and making sure people understand their process. I tell people I love their trust, but I don't love their blind trust. So I want you to, at the end of the process, to feel like you knew what went down during the home buying process.
0: Well, it's another way to reduce stress. It reduces questions. It reduces people calling you at 10 o'clock at night, asking you all the details because they chose to work with you because they've already been educated by you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's huge. Now, I know one thing like to give everyone like a really tangible tip that they can take to the bank, you know, coming from a PR background, all of your Instagram reels, all of the, all the posts have really detailed and long captions. That's clearly working for you. Can you yep. can you kind of tell people like how you do it, the why, what what types of things they might put in their captions? Um, just a little bit more information on that.
1: Yeah. So not everybody listens with sound. I personally don't, and so if I don't feel like I'm grasping it with the sound. Or I can only do listicles, Instagram reels. Now they can be about three minutes, I think. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe ninety seconds, but they're not very long. So I can't get a lot of information, and I want people to be able to grab their little snippets and key takeaways and so I don't think that's enough information for people to take home so I'm always putting in my captions. you know say I just did one recently over what is a lender looking for when they're getting your pre-approval together and I put you know your credit history your employment history and then I go down into the caption and it's long and you have to read it, but I'm surprised how many people do. And it says, here's why they need to know your credit history. Are you paying on time? Will you be a good borrower? And I dive deeper and that really helps people understand the reasoning.
0: I love that. What um, I know you mentioned listicles, lists like, is it three to five or like when you're posting lists? Um, I know that's one of your highest converting types of posts mm-hmm. or or real stories to get leads. What are some that have really worked for you well in the last year?
1: So regarding listicles, it doesn't matter the amount of number. Honestly, for me, it's finding ones that allow enough that are with the rhythm of the trend. Um, But it's really ones that there is the key, key takeaways. So I just did six um, ways you can save for a home. And it was easy. It was, you know, get a side hustle, cut down on utilities, change subscriptions, you know, all the things that some of us are like, well, duh, Bethany, not everyone knows this stuff. And I have made a rule of thumb that when I make these reels, which is a good tip for people, if I've had one client ask it, then another one's going to ask it. And I always make a note in my phone. So that's how I get a lot of my real content. And then I also pay attention to blogs and utilize those as inspiration too. But um, just anything that's easy, easy takeaways.
0: I love that. It's one of those things we've been saying for probably two years on the podcast. The number one reason people don't come up with content is because they don't know what to say. But Mm -hmm. every single thing your client says to you during the course of the transaction, that is something that everyone else wants to know also. So to simply record that, (coughs) pardon me. Bless you. To simply record that in your phone, in a list, in an Excel Mm -hmm. sheet on your phone, Other people want to know it. That could be a post on Instagram stories. That could be a video. That could be all kinds of stuff, but you just got to start somewhere. I I love that you're doing that.
1: You can utilize a lot of different ways. I sat in a closing the other day and my clients asked three separate questions and I just like kept putting them down in my phone on my side because I was like, wait, that's a fantastic question. I need to answer that in a reel and to showcase. I'll have people that I'm in junior league with be like, hey, it was when, you know, how do you fall for a homestead? She's like, Hey, can you do one over that? Because I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, Oh my goodness, if you're asking to another people are so just take those notes. And then when you run out, it's there.
0: I love that. So I know on Facebook, you have done a really good job with some targeted Facebook advertising. Mm-hmm. What has worked best for you? Because I know like Facebook changes the rules constantly. Um, and different markets are different. But what, what's really been working for you in the last in the last year?
1: Yeah. So, you know, Facebook, you do have special requirements that you do have to notify you are in real estate and that this is part of housing. So any type of paid post or advertisement has to have that box checked or it will get red flagged or come down. So that's number one. If you're ever submitting ads, make sure that you mark that. I've done page like um, advertisements. So, one thing I will notice I never really pay for my followers. I want it to be organic and I want you to like me. So, my Instagram is 100% organic. My Facebook, I do paid ad likes and I boost my posts. So, on those with my listings, I try to get people within that vicinity of that property. So at least in the town or within a mile, and then people in the surrounding areas. But when it comes to page likes, you can go in there and really dive deep and put, you know, people that do not like my page, people that are within this age group, people that like real estate and interior design or land sales, there are those categories in there that you can choose from. And I go in and check it every three weeks and see how is it interacting? How do I need to adjust it? I think it's really important if you're going to focus on social media to understand analytics and to understand how they can benefit you. Um, you know, Instagram does a fantastic job on telling me when I get the most activity in the mornings and evenings and what days, and that's when I post my reels. So does Facebook. So I think the resources are there. You just need to know how to use them as an agent to help better your reach. I think
0: tracking is such a huge bedrock of real estate, but most <laughs> people don't like. I mean, a lot of agents don't track their leads. They don't track the referrals they're giving. They don't track the referrals they're getting. But the analytics on marketing, why would you spend money on something or your time, which is even more valuable, if you don't know what it's leading to? And with social media, it's all there. You're kind of crazy if you're not taking advantage of it.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Even to see like which videos, which reels are doing well and which ones aren't, tells you what to do more of next time. And sometimes if I do a really good one that works, I'll do a very similar one the next day to kind of build on that momentum. Um mm-hmm. huge, so many opportunities. Um, I know one other thing you mentioned, and I don't, I don't want to you know free you from the podcast to go sell some houses today, but you mentioned not getting lost in branding and just doing you. what What does that mean for you? Because obviously, I talked to so many agents and salespeople, and they their first month in real estate, they want a logo and they want to do a big old brand. And I'm like, "Ah, is that really the best way to spend day one? And and opinions are mixed on it. So what is what does all that mean for you?
1: And you know, everything I say is what works for me. So you do you in my opinion. But I so I am my brand. Nolan Properties is my family brokerage. Our color is green. A lot of what I'm going to do is in green if it makes sense. But I have a very colorful personality. I'm very expressive and I love cute dresses and fun outfits. And so I've kind of just let that be a part of me. I'm not out here trying to ensure that everything I post has green on it. I'm not out here trying to make sure every time I wear a hat, it says Nolan properties. I am just trying to authentically be me and myself. And if people want to follow along and be a part of my real estate journey, then great. I want people to want to follow me, not for my brand, but for me because they're choosing to be part of Bethany's journey.
0: I love that. And really like we're, we're all on some type of journey. And if we can attach ourselves to other people that are going in the same direction, it should be fun, right? Like it shouldn't be work. You're just being authentically you every day and it translates well. And that's kind of how you got to where you are today. So Bethany, I just want to say a huge thank you for being on the show today and sharing some of your wisdom. And hopefully uh, a lot of people out there can do a deal with you soon. So if someone wanted to get in contact with you to either buy or sell some real estate in Texas or, or just pick your brain, where would they find you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me on here. This is such a great um, episode and I'm excited and honored, but you can find me anywhere at Bethany Nolan Realtor. All across all channels. I'll make it easy for you. So, all of my contact information, DM me with questions. I have people DM me all the time asking for advice and tips and tricks. So, I'm here to help.
0: I love that. Um, by the way, what she said is also a great point. If you're a realtor, make sure it's easy to be found on the internet. You don't need to be a secret agent, you just need to be able to be found. So, with get rid that, of the
1: underscores. Right.
0: So, with that, Bethany, thanks again. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Marketing and Other Markets podcast is proudly supported by Neighborhood Loans and Treadstone Funding. Visit them online to see a new type of culture and energy in home lending. For more actionable real estate marketing tips and tricks, check out my book, The Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing, available on Amazon. Interested in being on the show? Reach out to us via Instagram at mattmusket88. See you next time.